Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams. Joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? Uh, come on, stars, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Just chilling. Um, I had a couple of days off. Nice. About to go back to work on Tuesday. So, but about to be back to the old grind, man. Other than that, same old, same old. What's up with you? Good, man. I've just been, uh, you know, ordering stuff, prepping for Austin Tejas in less than a month or so. You know, we're taking the podcast on the road, headed to Austin for CrimeCon. Very excited for that. Um, I know that you have a fear of flying. Oh, absolutely. But other than that, are you 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 getting psyched up? You ready to, you know, go, you know, Chris Hans is going to be there. Are you like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to get you. My, my biggest... Uh, Goal mm-hmm. is to get you on a stage doing. Um, I want to do a karaoke night, and I, I want to get you on the stage singing something. And where? In Austin. In like a bar? Yeah, like at a bar. Oh, that's fine with that. I don't know anybody there, so that's oh, okay. I see. You say that now. I'm gonna hold you to that. That you said okay. that. That is like okay, whatever. Okay, yeah. cool. So the get a night of drinks on me. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Most okay. All right. Well, cool. I and mean, we can make that happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm just. I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a great time. So I have just been getting like you know banners and equipment so yeah. we can podcast and stuff like that so just in preparation and uh so that's really what where my head has been at mm-hmm. just to make sure you know i'm i'm a very much like it's it's really like um my favorite murder uh georgia from my favorite murder there was an episode where she was talking about the definition of a perfectionist and like everybody thinks a perfectionist is just like oh well, like you know i just try to my, work my ass off and kick ass and it's like she's like that's not what a perfectionist is a perfectionist no. is like somebody that fixate so much on trying to get something right that yeah. a lot of times they don't even end up doing the thing because they're just like it's not going to be how i want it to be so why waste my time so why waste my time yeah. and me i'm trying to like I'm, i've been trying to i've been talking to other podcasters that i know that have done crime con before and just trying to get advice because i'm trying to get out of the mind state of like i'm trying to go and like win yeah like i'm trying to go and like be the best podcast at yeah at crime con. i don't to? know i don't i don't know yeah but so i'm trying to get out of that mind state and it's a hard mind state for me to get out of like in a lot of aspects in my life like well, you I, could be a competitive person sometimes yeah but this is like not a competition so i'm trying to like but still you can still be competitive and not, and not sure be a and yeah. yes yes that's true but i fixate and i'm and i'm always trying to like 
figure out how to beat the other person, even if it's like, that's not what this is about. So I'm trying to work on that just and outside of in every aspect of my life. And I'm trying to take this as an opportunity to just go have a good time, yeah. meet people and not be like, okay, are, are we like the best booth? Yeah. But if, Which we if, aren't going to be because like Nancy Grace is going and yeah. like other huge podcasts and stuff. If anything, Nancy Grace is going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would you take those children? Why? Uh, but yeah, no. So yeah, yeah. CrimeCon 2021. See you guys there if you're yeah. going and, uh, you know, see you guys on Is the stream. Is anybody saying we're going? I don't know. Um, I've gotten some messages about oh. meetups and stuff. Like, I don't oh. know if they're going to CrimeCon, but mm-hmm. there are people that listen that are going to, that live in Austin or oh, like, okay. are going to be in town. I'm like, yeah, like, let's do a, a karaoke night. Mm. One message that I said to a person was though, as two men, I need to let people know that we have a responsibility that if you come out with us and you drink, if you don't live in Austin, like you need to have somewhere to stay. I don't want anybody getting in a car and driving back to Dallas, Texas or something. Yeah. And like you came to see us. Yeah. Because if something happens to you, that's going to be on my conscience. Mm-hmm. So I just I want people to come have a good time. But if you are you driving from far away to do that, yeah. please have like arrangements to stay somewhere safe. I don't want anybody driving drunk or something like that. Yeah. Not saying we're going to turn up and it's going to be crazy, but we like, are. I'm going to go play. I'm going to go do karaoke. <laughs> and when I do karaoke, yeah, what? I get faded. Well, so, first of all, what's up with this karaoke thing? Because you mentioned, this is not the first time you mentioned, you mentioned it. I want to do, I want to go do, I want to do karaoke in Austin. Like a duo? No, no, no. Just, have you never been to a karaoke bar? Yeah, but I mean, you could do karaoke as a duo. I'm sure I don't know the rules of the bar. I haven't picked the bar. I I'm not doing it by mind. myself. That, that I oh, can't see, do. Oh, see, no, 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 no. <laughs> see, I knew it. you were gonna try to add shit. No, <laughs> see, I knew you were gonna try to add shit. No, you already were nonchalant friend. Oh man, whatever, man. I'll go up there and get some drinks in me. <laughs> no, you no. That's how karaoke works. It's your turn. What? You pick your song. You go up there. You sing candy or whatever. Candy? No. Yeah, I don't know. I figured I'm I'm picturing you singing like a '70s classic. Cause you gotta know all the words. Even they're, yeah. they're gonna have the, the they're gonna have the words there, but you gotta pick a song yeah. that like you know and you love. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Come on, you know it, we, it's no duet. We'll see. Man. We'll see if yeah, they we'll allow see. you to do duets and we find a song that we both gel yeah. with. I don't just sing any song. We just carry. go there and sing anything. Well, no, there's rules, Good brother. <laughs> yes. Come on, man. <laughs> That's what I tell them. I'm a brother, man. Like, just let me. <laughs> They'd be like, sir, you need to get the fuck out of a karaoke a go go. This, you know, this uh, Austin, Texas bar. You need to get out of karaoke a go go. I don't know what your brother means. Uh, that doesn't make you just. You can do whatever you want. No, no, man. You can't change the rules, man. You said you were gonna go up yeah. there. Come on. Oh, that's why I said we'll get it figured out. I know it's gonna be yeah. more of a challenge. That's why I just accepted oh, that you said that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it all nonchalant. Mm-hmm. I know you. Yeah. So. We'll get it figured out. That's why it's my big goal. Yeah. I don't appreciate I let you mislead the fans like okay. that by just being like, oh, whatever, man. Get me drinks. And I'm yeah. good to go. I was like, no, it's not going to be that easy, <laughs> but I'll move on. And now you already didn't flip flop. Yeah. But we will. We we'll will see. Could, yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe, we'll see. Maybe not. But no, my we'll PSA still stands. Like I yeah. said, if you want to come and hang out and go do karaoke with us or whatever, that's great. I want to meet all the people that support this show and listen to this podcast and have allowed us to even go on this amazing trip. But if you don't live in Austin, Texas, I need you to have somewhere to stay at the end of the day. And we got to make sure, like, you know, your Uber comes and all that stuff. We got to make sure people get to where they need to get to and are not just driving into the night unsafely. Mm -hmm. So that's my only rule. If you want to do a meetup, if you want to go with us to do karaoke or something like that. Karaoke duet. If someone listens want to do a duet, I'm all all for it. Oh, it could be somebody else doing the duet. They can do it too. But I don't know if you're allowed to do a duet. I'm not opposed to you doing a duet. You can find a song that has a duet in it. Yeah, but you just say that. I don't know if those are the rules of karaoke. Every karaoke bar doesn't allow you to do duets. Do karaoke. It's COVID. There's rules. What? What? Karaoke is not a competition. Once again, I didn't say it was a competition. That's how you look at it. It's like your goal. It's like bowling. You can't bowl with two people. 
You can. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I guess you can. I guess you can do whatever you want. <laughs> You're right. I'm not. I don't know why I'm. I'm not trying to be a stickler. Yeah, do a duets. That's fine. Not the rules. Yeah. Who cares, <laughs> man? Like, Keep breaking like, the fucking rules. Okay. <laughs> As you, if you want to do duets, that'll make you more comfortable. That's fine. Do a duet. My point is, when we get to Austin, I'm gonna find a karaoke bar. I would love to have a karaoke night in Austin, Texas, with my friend and co-host of the <clears> podcast. <throat> Anyway, moving on, Fran, uh, there's been a big reveal in the world of cults, which, you know, near and dear to my heart. So um, there's this cult in Creston, Car- in Creston, Colorado. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It might be Crestone, Colorado. But a woman named Amy Carlson was found dead on my birthday, April 30th, uh, in, in the home of her cult. She's the leader of this cult. She was badly decomposed and found wrapped in Christmas lights. Officials estimate that she had been dead for at least a month. Dang. Seven members of the cult were arrested and uh and then the whole thing kind of blew up as far as what this cult is. So the cult is called uh, Love, The Love Has Won Cult. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the name. It's not a very, yeah. it's not a very clever name. So, um, and there's basically been this group of mothers that have banded together to try to like. Lo- what is it? Love Has Won? Love Has Won. Okay. That we're the cult. We're, we're the, I'm sorry. We're the spiritual group. They don't call themselves a cult. We're the spiritual group. Love Has Won. Yeah. And basically this group of mothers has been banding together for years to try to save their children from this cult. Cause it's like a bunch of 23 year old trust fund kids mm-hmm. like that have given this lady and her, her boyfriend or whatever, all their money and property and let them do whatever. Uh, ex members say that the leader, Amy Carlson, this bitch used to manage a McDonald's friend. Mm. She went from managing a McDonald's to a God Wow. goals yeah. level. It's levels, man. She went from telling some teenager, can you drop another basket of fries mm. to like, I'm a God. Give me all your worldly possessions. So that's quite the level up. But Amy Carlson would have sex with her followers. She would drink heavily, use drugs, and she would only allow them about three or four hours of sleep per night. And she what? would verbally abuse them and ration their food. So a lot of them lost a lot of weight. They were delirious. You know, just did not did not know what was this, going. This is in a house. They all stayed in a house. Or? Yeah, but like a lot, house with a lot of land. It was okay. out in Colorado. Oh, like okay. it was like. Big open open plains. Mm-hmm. Uh, members believe that the cult leaders, Mother God and Father God, have spent 19 billion years trying to save the planet from final ascension. Okay. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, they've been trying to save the planet, and that final ascension is imminent. So at any moment, we can we'll be we the chosen people of uh, love has won will be lifted up by God or whoever mm-hmm. and taken to the better place. Yeah. So that's what that's why they're following these people. Uh, the leader, the leader claimed that her. Donald Trump is her father, and that deceased actor, Robin Williams, uh, is also listed as a team member. Who Robin Williams has been dead for like six years now. Yeah. They believe that he is the archangel Zadikiel, and group members claim to be in regular contact with Williams' ghost and believe he is supporting their mission. Robin Williams. (laughs) Yes, Robin Williams, uh, the genie from Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire, Flubber, that guy. Also, love Robin Williams. Robin Williams would probably be the most annoying ghost Ever. I yeah. don't I, I wouldn't if, if if I could think of anybody I would want to be a ghost that that like haunts me, it would be Robin Williams would be like at on the short list of no's. Yeah. He'd just be like, oh, oh, Robin Williams. Oh, it's me. Oh, 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 voice doing a voice. Oh, whack, whack, whack. Doing voice. Like, yo, you got to go. You got to relax. Like, yeah. it, Robin Williams would be a lot. Mm-hmm. So love Robin Williams. But like also them. He's like their He's like their Tom Cruise. Uh, Scientology has Tom Cruise. He's like their guy, like the number one guy in Scientology. Their guy is Robin Williams, the, the ghost of Robin Williams. Uh, the cult leaders have conned members out of trust funds, disability and social security checks, and large sums of money. 
Um, and then there's so much, there's so much, there's so much, this story goes so much deeper. I've also found videos and, um, and pictures of Amy and it looks like she suffered from Argyria, which is a disease that you get when you, when you digest too much colloidal silver. So if you drink silver, like, you know, the element or Mm -hmm. whatever, I don't know if it's, I don't know anything about science, but if you drink colloidal silver, some people get this disease called Argyria where you, your skin turns, you, you turn blue. Mm. I call it Violet Beauregard syndrome. So it's like you, like you know, in Willy Wonka, the girl that ate the the one piece of gum and then she turned into a blueberry. Yeah, like some people that that, that happens to them, like they turn blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw some pictures and some videos of her. She looks like she just was suffering from like dilute, like she was crazy, like she was just yelling and angry. But they were like, "That's Mother God." That she just there's a video. There's videos of her. Yeah, yeah. That's all kind of videos. What is the picture of her being wrapped up in Christmas lights? Um, that I did not see. Is that how she died? That's how she died. Though. I don't know how she died, but oh. I, maybe she might have died from starvation. Or that's, that's her right there. There's other pictures. What the? F- yeah, she has like kind of this blue hue to her. Uh, but there's videos of her wilding out, abusing cats, and you know her people are still standing by her. Also, Father God still is alive. So there's another. Now the cult is being led by the guy and the mother, God Amy was abusing these people, having sex with them or whatever. So now there's a man in charge. So I'm sure those practices will still persist and, you know, will persist, I mean, and these people are in danger. So nobody died except her. She died, but she also exiled this guy named Alex Whitman or named, named Alex Witten. She she exiled him last year, and this is something that they do a lot. Alex Witten was found in the deserts of Colorado, dehydrated and dying. He had a bunch of cactus needles in his feet and they, they just basically just send you out. They drive you out into the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and they're like, you did something bad. So you, you're out. Yeah. And they literally just drop you out miles and no, no, no water, nothing. And just like figure it out. He escaped cause he almost died and somebody found him. And yeah. then, you know, I guess when they put some burgers in him and gave him some, some, some string beans, he was like <laughs> snapped out of it. But uh, yeah, no, there's so it goes so much deeper, yeah. man. The uh, love has won cult is 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 up on my list. Uh, they were the subject of a, do- a couple Doctor Phil episodes, I believe, last year. So I'm gonna definitely have to check those out. Mm. Uh, love has won. It's a very interesting story, and I only scratched the love surface. Love has won. Love okay. has won. Love has taken Amy away from us. Uh, and um, uh, rest in peace. I don't know. She seems like a pretty shitty person, honestly. It was crazy. Those people that do that have a talent, but are using it for the wrong purpose. In Amy Carlson's case, I don't know if she has the talent, yeah. but I agree with you that there are a lot of cult. No, nobody calls the, themselves a cult, just mm-hmm. to say that as well. You know, like none of these people think they're a cult. It's yeah. something else. We're a spiritual retreat. Mm-hmm. We're a sex, freedom, liberation, whatever. We're a yoga practicing, whatever. But, it, you know, and then they turn into cults when they start doing certain things. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has the talents of a quote-unquote cult leader. Mm-hmm. But in the world of January 6th happening and QAnon and all that, she's talking their language. Like, yeah, it's loud and aggressive and anti-government and whatever, and, and people glommed onto it. It worked for some. Hers is a very specific talent. That like, QAnon shit is something else. Oh, don't even get me. <laughs> I mean... I've been, on a, I've been in so many rabbit holes uh, for the last couple of days between this cult, between this cult and, uh, you know, I was watching the HBO Max has a, sh- a show, like a, a mini series, like it's like six parts called in, uh, in uh, Q Into the Storm, where they break mm-hmm. down. They tell you who Q it. You find out who Q is and everything. No, oh, it's amazing, bro. No, you do need to because Why? it's just it's just trolls. Yeah, it's but just I- it's just like. It's just video game nerd trolls. <laughs> That's what it is. It's just they broke the country. That's crazy. A bunch of people who just are on message boards on the internet. 
There's no government secret agent. Per it's just internet trolls. It's fascinating. Oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> I've been so captivated by the whole fucking thing. It's been so great. I'll talk about it with anybody who will listen. But anyway, uh, Love Has One Cult, please, if anybody has any, uh, send me some links to maybe a podcast has done a deep dive on this. I'm fully enthralled. Uh, uh, let me know. I want to know all the, I want to know everything. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> anyway, friend, moving on to something a little more somber, something a little more confusing. Um, I wanted to talk uh, briefly about this story about this young lady named Michaela Miller. M Michaela Miller. Um, there's a story out of Hopkinton, Massachusetts, I believe. It's like a college town. This young lady uh, about a few weeks ago was found hanging from a tree by a belt. They don't know the cause of death, but I'm just going to go over the timeline with you in mm -hmm. case you, I don't know if you've heard of it, so I'm just going to go over mm -hmm. the whole story with you. So the timeline is... Uh, so on Saturday, April 17th, Michaela was with two friends in the common area or the clubhouse. You know how like apartment complexes have that place where you can go that has like a gym, a pool. Yeah. That, they were at one of those kind of things uh, at the Revolutionary Way apartment complex where she lived. The two friends that she was with were then joined by four other teenagers, two males and two females. While another female teenager remained in a car outside of the, compl outside mm -hmm. of the complex or outside of the clubhouse. One of the female teenagers inside the common area was in a relationship with Michaela. Sometime between 5.17 p.m. and 6.41 p.m., a physical altercation occurred between Michaela and two of the teenagers, a male and a female, in the common area. Um, this, I'm assuming, like I said, I'm starting to piece it together. Like I said, I skipped a lot of it to kind of get to the timeline. But I'm guessing Ryan, Ryan is the person in charge of the investigation. And somebody asked when she disclosed this information if the kids were white. And then Ryan said to the press that, uh, they were of various races. Uh, Miss Struthers, Michaela's mother, who you know gave a press conference, very powerful press conference that I learned a lot from in that, told the Globe that the five teenagers, the five teenagers involved are white, mm. and that the and that the altercation happened because her daughter got into a fight with her girlfriend. So I don't know if maybe her girlfriend is white and these are her family members. I don't really know, you know, why one source is saying that. They were of various races, and then her mother saying like they were all white. So I don't know if maybe Michaela was dating a girl who was white, and then these people came, and they were like all her friends, or what? I don't really know. After the altercation, the teens spent another twenty minutes together in the same area, according to Ryan. At seven twenty p.m., Hopkinton police responded to Michaela's home after Struthers reported that her daughter had been jumped. So uh, Michaela was interviewed by police and told officers that she was pushed and punched in the face during the altercation. Officers noted that she had blood on her lip. The investigation into the assault remains open, and there are no charges pending at this point, according to Ryan. At 7.43 p.m., officers left Michaela's home and went to the residence of one of the females who had been involved in the altercation. They took a statement and returned to the apartment complex, observing some damage both inside and outside of the common area, so the, the clubhouse or whatever. Mm. So they, got, they, were just, they were going at it everywhere. Michaela was still at home with her mother in their apartment. Between 9.30 and 9.45 p.m., Struthers went to bed. Struthers is her mother. So Struthers went to bed, believing that Michaela was still inside the apartment. Between 9 p.m. And, and 10 p.m., a health app on Michaela's cell phone recorded that the phone had traveled 1,316 steps, which is the approximate distance from the apartment complex to the woods where Michaela's body was found the next morning, according to Ryan. Michaela's last known communication was around 9 p.m., to a teenager who was not involved in the earlier altercation. So on Sunday, the 18th, so the next, the next day, 
At 7.45 a.m., a jogger located Michaela's body near 34 West Main Street in Hopkinton in the woods off of a walking path and called the police. Michaela had her phone on her, according to them. But I will say that the mom did a press conference and she said that the phone was off. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, there, that's what I mean. Like, the, I don't think the mom is, is telling lies, but the, there's just all this cloudy confusion about the timeline and some of the facts and some of the, the evidence and some of the things. And the mom is basically asking for full transparency so she can figure out what the fuck happened to her child. Yeah. But at, at this press conference, Ryan wouldn't go into more details about the scene as, as far as like what, what was found at the scene. She said using cell phone data and other digital evidence, authorities confirmed the four teenagers present in the common area during the altercation had not gone to the area of 34 West Main Street. Basically saying, we can trace phones, mm. and their phones weren't at that point where Michaela's body were found. It was found at any point in the night. Mm. That's what they were saying. So... Basically, that is saying that either these kids are all really smart and went out and committed a crime and were like, leave your phone at home yeah. so they didn't, they can't track it, or they weren't there. Those are the kind of, that's what, that's what the police department is saying. I'm not saying that these kids aren't involved, but if that's what happened, that's why the mom's asking for transparency. If, if, she, if she's asking, she's asking basically for that information to be made public. And if that's the case, that their cell phones didn't ping at the location where Michaela's body was found, it's kind of hard for me to believe that those kids were involved. Why can't they tell her that? I don't know. And she doesn't know either. She's like, I, I don't know why they're lying the parent, to me. Right? The, 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 they, they told her not to go to the media. They told, they told Michaela's mother, Miss Fuller, not to go to the media because Michaela was gay. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, the media might try to spin that and make her look bad. And she's like, who the fuck? I don't give a shit. I don't care if, if, the, if, she, if, she, was gay, if she was gay. That, doesn't, that also doesn't matter when we're trying to figure out what happened to her. I don't, yeah. care. I don't care if the world knows that is what she said. So and also it's just weird that they even why why would a, a police department detective say that? Yeah. They also, according to Michaela's mom, because two sides to every story. According to Michaela's mom, her neighbor was going to the local because it's a college town. Mm-hmm. The neighbor was putting signs on the campus like, we want answers, do your job, whatever, mm-hmm. talking to the police department. And in turn, when they found out who it was, the, the police department, they went and like questioned that that neighbor at like six o'clock in the morning, mm. and they felt like it was a threat. They felt like they were harassing the neighbor to get him back for putting these signs out. It didn't feel like they were trying to get answers. Mm. It felt like they were like, "Oh, you want to do this? Well, we're gonna come wake you up, bang on your door at six o'clock in the morning, and like ask you questions to yeah. implicate that maybe you did it." I don't. Maybe that's just them. Was just them doing their investigation. I don't know. But this is what her mother said. So I'm going off of what her mother said, because like. What dog does she have in the fight other than trying to figure out what the fuck happened to her daughter? Yeah. You know? Now, what I wanted to say also is that um, this is shady, right? And you did a story a few months back about a guy who was found. They, I think they said it was a suicide. He was hanging from a, a, a playground thing at, at a, across from a trailer park where yeah. he had knew the people and they, they had done drugs together or something to that effect. I don't know if it was drugs, but they kn- had known each other and got into some kind of altercation. And then he quote unquote committed suicide. And his brother said he had on different shoes yeah. than the ones they weren't his shoe size. Yeah. And I think that what I want to say is like, I want to say a PSA, but also like if, you know, I don't know what happened to Michaela Miller, right? Like this could, this sounds very shady and this could have been something gruesome. But if you read this and or any other story and you don't do the full research and you just go, oh, there's no way a person there's no way a black person uh, 
committed suicide because black people don't commit suicide, right? That is some people, some people say like, you know, um, that's not black people don't do that, right? That is a, that is a, that is a, a thought that peep that some people might have, especially in this way, right? Hanging yourself, which is absolutely shady and, and, and is, is a red flag for sure because it is, but that's a red flag to somebody who didn't do it because it's like, why would a black person knowing the history of black people in this country hang themselves if they wanted to commit suicide and do it publicly? These are all things that go against what some people would deem as like things that people that commit suicide do. Mm-hmm. But my point is, I think that it overshadows the need for mental health awareness and, and allowing people to talk about things when you just say like, Oh, that's not something black people do. Black people don't commit suicide. Black people don't go to therapy. Black people don't do this, that, and the third. So, so it must be murder. Mm-hmm. And in Michaela Miller's uh, case, it very may well be murder, but sometimes it is like, a person, a black person may have committed suicide. That is something that we need to recognize and speak about and deal with because it is a stigma in our community. Black people don't talk to p- people. They don't go to therapy. My barber is my therapist. You know, I don't do, you know, uh, working out is my therapy. These things that are just like, no, you need sometimes it's, traumatic shit happens to people. You need to go sit down and talk to somebody. And the idea that it's like it's impossible that somebody committed suicide because they're black or that's not something we do or whatever is is dangerous. It's a dangerous school of thought. So I don't know what happened to Michaela Miller. I want that this, this mother to get full transparency. And if these kids are involved or maybe something outside of these kids is involved, mm. I hope that that's brought to justice and brought to the light. What's really interesting is there's this show on HBO Max called Mayor of Easton. It's starring Kate Winslet. And when I heard the story, it reminded me of it because the story is about this uh, this uh, killer in town and a girl gets found dead on a night of a party like in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got beat up that night. Like a group of girls, she was she had a baby with a guy and the guy had a new girlfriend and the girl, the, the new girlfriend catfished the mother of the guy. They were all teenagers. She catfished her and was like, come to the party tonight. I can't wait to see you. But she thinks it's this new guy she likes. Mm. And when she shows up to the party, the, the new girlfriend's like, bitch, that was me. Mm. And she beats her up. And all these kids witness it. And there's video footage and everything. And then the girl walks off into the woods mm-hmm. and she gets killed. Dang. So I don't know. And again, this is this is a show and this is reality. Yeah. But my point is, Michaela Miller could have gotten into that fight and then got killed by some random per- some random person. Yeah, it could have nothing to do with those kids. True. It could be just those two in- those two incidences don't coincide with each other. So that was re- it. Reminded me of that show, which obviously is a TV show, has nothing to do with what happened to this girl. It's just absolutely tragic. But I'm just saying the parallels I saw when within that show, Mayor of Easton, of how that girl tragically died. She like got in a fight. So there's people who are you know implicated immediately, like the girl that beat her up. You, you're the first suspect, but. I don't know if that's the girl that killed her as far as the show because she just wandered off and then died. Mm-hmm. But you're the first suspect. So these kids are all the first suspects. And if there was, no, then there's a witness saying possibly racial, racial stuff came up and then this girl's found hanging from a tree. Yeah. All of that stuff seems a little red flaggy, not a little, a lot. And so there's no evidence or nothing like that? No fingerprints, who Bell was at? And not to be, not released as of yet. I think that the, that's what the mom's saying. She, she wants full transparency and she doesn't feel like, they are doing that. She feels like there's a rush to kind of close this and and label it as suicide or what. I don't. Again, I don't know if it's being labeled as suicide. My point is, you know, 
I hope that that lady gets full transparency and devoid of Michaela Miller specifically. All of the stuff I was saying about mental health in the black community and stigmatizing um, suicide and all of those things, again, separate from Michaela Miller, because this is absolutely a ton of red flags and a suspicious um, death. But the idea of suicide being like, no, that's impossible because black people don't do that is something that we need to break away from because it that mentality and saying that kind of stuff publicly also somebody who's going through having suicidal thoughts might go, Oh, well, I'll just keep this to myself because I'm black and I'm not supposed to feel this way. So mm-hmm. I'll just sit on it and not let anybody know how I'm feeling because it doesn't feel like a safe space for me to say those things. So again, uh, rest in peace to Michaela Miller. I don't know what happened, but I hope that we eventually do know what happened. Yeah. I, when I hear stories like that and it's like, as a parent, I don't sometimes I go, how do you how do you deal with going or being like, hey, you know, I just want transparency and I just want to know what happened and then just grieving, you know, just just leaving it at that. Yeah. I don't know. It shouldn't be her job. I don't know. It shouldn't be her job. And her kid just died. Yeah. She has to do a press conference being like, hey, where's the evidence? That's not. But I mean, I don't think I think I'm talking about like for me personally, I don't think me just saying, hey, I want I want to know what happened. And that's it. I don't think I don't think that's how I can how how I can operate. Like you're saying, you want to, you would want to get out there and and find something some got to happen. Well, it's funny that you say that because the you know her mother was actively like, I don't want to be a vigilante in this situation. I want the, the I want the criminal justice system to do their job. I don't know. I don't want to be banging on doors and going to these kids' houses and interrogating them. I don't I don't, don't want to do know, that. Man. That's what she was saying. I don't, know, I don't want to do that. I want y'all to do your job. What's her know. message? I, I mean, and I'm being serious. Like, I'm not saying this as a joke. Like, yeah. not trying to be funny or anything. I don't know. I got. But I'm saying, I gotta do but, what I got to do. I'm sorry. But you shouldn't have to do what you have to do. The criminal justice system should be doing that. Either so way. that's what I mean. I, either way, you're saying like if it, they're way. not, you would feel like they weren't doing it fast enough for you. Either way. no matter what, no if matter. you didn't have answers like the same day. Yeah, either way, which I understand. I don't have kids, so I. But I mean, I can I can imagine it's like. Yeah. It's been two weeks, and you're like, we still don't know what happened. People's not res- responding. No. Yeah, yeah. No. 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 Yeah, There's been good days going by, and I don't hear nothing. Like, yeah. my child just died, and I, and I'm going. It's going. It's been days and hours where I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know anything. No. No way. I, I couldn't even function every every day to to have that on have that on my mind and just be like, I gotta go to work or something. Like, yeah. That's no. It's no way. Yeah. It's, no it's way. crippling for sure. No that, way. To to just have that up in the already your kid is gone yeah and you don't know every day you're just thinking like and looking you at your like, phone that's oh you, that's tra- and you, oh my god and you feel like the people whose job it is are like avoiding you yeah no. that's you know that's a very yeah that's tragic mm-hmm. man um i think you wanted to play some games which is convenient oh because yeah we've been talking for a long time and we only had one patron this this uh this week so shout out okay. to brandy h shout out to you i'm sorry you don't get music but brandy h shout out to you thank you very much you're oh, man, give us some music man. i'm sorry man yeah. it's, it's two seconds man i mean so- it's not fair. Shout out to Brandy H, man. Hey, Brandy, shout out to you. That's the button. I got that we you, have. Back. you know, shout out to you. We appreciate you. This is not, you know, strictly a platonic shout out. This is just the music that we had on hand. Yeah. More applause for Brandy H. Shout out to you. Thank you so much for the support. How, how you know that wasn't her favorite song? Careless Whisper? No, the. Uh, the oh, Celebrate? Uh, yeah. I mean, it could, could be. I'm jam, sorry. Man. But what am I going to play it for a half a second? Yeah. I mean, you know, could it do a little rhyme or something? For at least. You know what? If we get more patrons next week, I'll do it again. Again, okay. I'm sorry. That's, I'm that's sorry. only right, Brandy. I'm sorry, that's Brandy. only right, man. Brandy, rain check. You did dirty. I'm disappointed. I feel you. bad about it. Now that you, now that you keep it going, <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. Brandy, rain check. 
Anywho, um, I do have some random questions for you. Okay. This is again some comedy movie trivia questions. Comedy movie trivia. This, this is not like um the the ones I did. We did a couple weeks ago. It was just like I gave you a brief description. On yeah, I like that. that. that I like that evidence. game too, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. this one is just testing your knowledge a little bit. Okay. okay? So National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, not one. I've really okay. Okay. Was released when? Eighty four. 89. 89. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's probably family vacation was probably like 84, 85. So these are just, now these questions are just. That's just not a movie. Black people don't watch. Yeah. National okay, but Christmas I'm saying these season. questions are just like random, just. Yeah, sure. There's no, you don't have, I'm sure you don't have to. You think either know it or you don't know it. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. either know it or you don't know it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't this know one, that one. This one is easy. Okay. So, okay. So, Reno 911. Yes. Miami is based on a show from what TV? Reno, oh, cops. Wait, what? What is the Reno 911 Miami mm-hmm. is based on, what did you say? Reno 911. Yes. Miami is based on a TV show from what TV network? Oh, Comedy Central. Yep. Okay, I was, that was, you phrased that weird <laughs> and they did that weird pause. I'm reading it, I'm reading it straight from this. Okay, cool. <laughs> the way that you broke it up was, okay, cool. I'm sorry. Uh, got it. Okay, yeah. um, have you seen Legally Blonde? Yeah, a couple of times. Okay. Like years ago. Elwood. I mean, are you so you're pretty familiar with the movie? Yeah, with the movie, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. all right. So, how many different hairstyles oh, did Reese Witherspoon sport in Legally Blonde? <laughs> um, eight. Did he have a lot of hairstyles? I mean, she did, did all kind of hairstyles, fashion choices. I mean, yeah, she was. A, it was a lot. Eight. No. More? Yeah. Man, come on. She had forty different hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's a very hair movie. The movie's very hairy. A lot of it takes place in a hair salon, I think. <laughs> You're not doing so well. Yeah, this is random as fuck, man. I don't know how to. This is what? Okay. This well, isn't a good quiz, but okay, go ahead. It is a good quiz. No, it's not. Because it's like not. What name appears on Fogel's fake ID in a 2007 movie, Superbad? Oh, Muhammad. Sure. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. A- initially, right? Sure. That's what he got. Oh no, McLovin. No, they said they said he said, "Why didn't you pick a more common name?" Mm-hmm. I can't remember the joke right now, but he was like, "Muhammad's like the most common name on earth," or whatever. McLovin. McLovin's on the idea. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was being funny. No, Muhammad is the Muhammad is part of the joke. It doesn't okay. matter. Whatever. Yep. You got it wrong. But, no, um, but McLovin. What was the film Bruce no, Almighty? No, rated? no, but McLovin. Okay. What was it rated? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> What do you, what do you think that this is? What about this was interesting that you were like, let's let me test him on. This. I just want to see. This you doesn't know. have anything to do with like the movies themselves. PG thirteen. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you stressing yourself out? Because this is like this is dumb. This is this making is, me mad. These are not this things. That, this, this doesn't test funny. your knowledge of the movie. It's like just random things that no. This doesn't. It has anything to do with them. Like who knows how many hairstyles? That's why it's funny. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. What was the name of Jack Black's character in the movie School of Rock? I fucking love that movie too. That's fucking uh, Mr. But Mr. Oh, he stole his friends. He stole his friends. Oh, Ned Schneebly. Nope. I don't know his fucking real name. That's his roommate's name. Is Ned Schneebly? Fucking. I, that's like one of my favorite movies too. Um. Fucking wow. I don't know. You don't know? No. Um. Dewey Finn. Dewey Finn. Dewey fucking Finn. Well, he's Ned Schneebly for like 80% of the movie, but whatever. Go ahead. 
Okay. Okay. Go ahead. You all right? I'm fine, man. Sweating, man, over there, no, man. No, because I don't. That you was known that, that one. No, I shouldn't have known that. Because you should have known I, that. One. He's Ned Schneebly to okay. the kids. All right. Dewey Finn. Oh, whatever, man. That one pissed me off. I'm gonna throw you an easy. One. Another easy one. Oh, it's easy. And what? Oh, Mr. Knowledge of Movies, friend. You have only seen like four movies in your life, so I don't like that you think you can come in here and play these games with me with these fucking. These random parts of movies that nobody should know. Why you know hostile, man? No, because I don't like that you think you can come here and ask me about movies this when funny. you don't know Diddly hey, Squad man, about movies. Everything. You can't get everything right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, continue. And what film did Spike Lee play Mookie? Mookie, the, the Snooky Brothers. That's uh, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Nope. Oh no, it's not. It's Do the Right Thing. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Rosie Perez, the Rosie Perez thing. Mm-hmm. And Spike Lee's not even in White Man Can't Jump. He directed. Yeah. It. He directed it. <laughs> How you not know that? Uh, Rosie Perez is the is the link. Sure. All right, let's do one more. Who plays Jessica in American Pie? Allison Hannigan. Nope. Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> fuck is Jessica? Um, Elizabeth. What's her fucking name? No, her name. That's Nadia. Jessica. Oh, Amy Smart. No. No. Mm-mm. I don't fucking know. Natasha. Uh, Leon. 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 You know what it is? <laughs> All right, what boy is? And what state does Napoleon Dynamite take place? You don't know? <laughs> what? You have the thing in front of you, so whatever. I can't even ask you. They don't fucking even... I don't even think they say that at any point in the fucking movie. Uh, 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 somewhere in the Midwest, fucking, uh, Flatland, uh, uh, Wyoming. Where? Idaho. They don't fuck. There's there's no way they say that at any point in that movie. There's not a chance they say that at any, at any point in that whole fucking movie. This was stupid and I hate this. Oh, this, I hated, this, I, I hated this, all of that. This that is, pissed me off so this much. This is uh, Patreon exclusive right that, here. That pissed me off so much. I don't even. that. No, There's no way that at any point in that movie, mm-hmm. anybody says like, oh, I got to get out of Idaho. Or I love it in Idaho. I mean, Pedro never. Nobody ever. Uncle Rico. Nobody says. Idaho at any point in mm. that fucking movie. I'm sure it does. There's no fucking chance. I'm sure it does. I'm willing to bet money. I'm willing to bet money. Okay, I bet you. I bet you twenty dollars. I bet you hundred dollars. It says it in the movie. Oh, okay. Well, you going big money, huh? Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. Yeah. You no. Know what? Nope. Nope. I got to bet for you. If it does, mm-hmm. says it in the movie. The, don't you don't get to take karaoke. Off the <laughs> so we can just move on. No, we can just move on. That's fine. So we just won't bet. That's fine. What? All right, Kyle. I wasn't gonna say that. Okay, then what were you gonna say? I was gonna say. What were you I was gonna say? I was gonna say if it does say in the movie, uh-huh. we gotta do a duet. Karaoke duet. I don't I'm not opposed to a duet, man. That's fine. I'd rather bet you twenty dollars. Or I don't have to do it at all. No, no. If it says in that's the movie. not on the table. I'll do a duet with you regardless. So that's fine. Right. I bet you twenty dollars. Right, right, if somebody if somebody can pull up Napoleon Dynamite, mm-hmm. watch the movie and, and clip at any point if they say like, man, we're in Idaho. And I don't listen. If it's on a magazine or like a newspaper or that's something like that movie. for two seconds, no, that's no, no, in no, the no, movie. no, 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 no. Because this whole thing of like, no, 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 how no, many no. hairstyles did she have in Legally Blonde? Who the, why do you say I have a fucking clicker while I'm watching the movie? Being like, <laughs> that's a updo, a bob. Oh, she did a ponytail. But, but, but if somebody was paying attention, they would go, he, she has a lot of hairstyles. In but the a movie. specific number. <laughs> That's, that's maybe crazy. maybe like if you would have said like twenty five, I'd be like, okay, well, I could I could tell he's paid he pays attention. She has a lot of hairdos, but you were wrong. You were way off, and you're supposed to pay attention to these movies. You're a movie guy. This is your this is your lane. I figure you would. Pay yeah, attention. my bad. Sorry, I don't know how many hairdos. If it pops up in a movie that Napoleon Dynamite takes place in Idaho, you would know. 
But I feel like it's going to be like when the bus rides by, it's going to be like Idaho public school system or something like that. Something that is just Welcome not- to Idaho or something like that? Yeah, or a sign or something like that. That's not fair. But I'll it still keep the bet on the table. Yeah. And if, if I lose, I owe you $20. Okay. I feel like that's what somebody's going to like tweet, though. Like, hey, yeah. this sign says the best eggs in Iowa but when they do the farm the scene. It's in the movie. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I don't think Iowa's mentioned at all in that movie. But- Clearly, it must be if this whoever this fucking buzz feed hey, quiz man, or whatever look, hey. fucking stupid thing you got this hey. from put put it in there. It must be some evidence of that it takes place in you Iowa. Fail, you failed this quiz, man. That's that's we gonna move on. That's fine. Anyway, folks, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back after me and Fran uh, do a Kumite fight, uh, you know the winner of that will go first, and uh, you know so we'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. So my affirmative murder this week is is about the case of um, the death and I guess you could say death and disappearance of Jonathan Luna. So we have we have come to the conclusion <laughs> that Fran's story, he actually did. I mean, albeit this was over a year ago, I believe. I mean, this was definitely some time ago when you did it. But um, yeah, um, this what's his name again? Uh, Jonathan Luna. Jonathan Luna is the story. I don't know. I can't say what episode off the top of my head, but you've done this story before. So what we're going to do is, we're not going to take a quick break. What we'll do is, this will just be a one episode episode. I mean, a one. this will just this will just be a one story episode. And we'll come back next week um, with two once again. But we'll just, you know, we talked a lot in the beginning. So we'll just make this a one episode. My, my story is a little, little long. And then we'll just do, so we'll just do one story, wrap it up, and we'll get out of here. My Affirmative Murder is actually a story that has been uh, brought back into public conversation uh, it was a story about a guy who was executed four years ago. He was um, on death row, and he was put to death about four years ago. And uh, DNA evidence has potentially exonerated him and proven that he is innocent. So I wanted to just do the instead of just talking about it in the beginning of the podcast, like mm. a like a current events kind of thing. I just wanted to tell the full story of Liddell Lee, and you know, kind of go and give the current status of the case with the new revelation from the Innocence Project and the ACLU um, and uh, kind of where it stands as of today. So, <clears throat> like I said, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Liddell Lee. So Liddell Lee was born on July 31st, 1965. Liddell was born with fetal alcohol syndrome disorder, a medical condition that left him with brain dysfunction and intellectual disability. He was raised mostly fatherless and impoverished in Blytheville, Arkansas, according to his brother, Howard Young. Lee and his brother shared one of their home's three bedrooms and their clothes. 
even frequently exchanging the same pair of pants on the same day, which is something that I kind of envy because I was about to say underwear. I mean, it might be that too. I mean, I'm not on the same day. That's crazy. But I'm like, my point is, I'm mad thick, so like, I could never share a pant, pair of pants. Like, <laughs> I had a rubber band them. Yeah, it would be, they would just be like knee. They would just be like go up. They would just be knee pants. Like you pull them up to your knees and then and then uh, button them and belt belt them at the knees. Yeah. you know, and then everything else is out. I have yeah. to wear like a. I'd be like a, them franchise boys. I have to wear like a big white tee, and then it go down to where the where the knee jeans pants. start. Which is my knees. <laughs> um, so I'm always like this. That movie, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, is like four friends all had this one pair of pants that they like had special moments in. Mm. And I'm like, that never, I could never do that with yeah. them. Yet. None of them, the, the 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 brotherhood of the homies with the traveling 501 jeans. Like it just yeah. could, it, that movie could never happen and no. I'd be involved because I'm like a 38 waist <laughs> and you're like a 26 waist. Yeah. <laughs> like it would just be, it'd be crazy. Your jeans, I have to roll them up and then they'd, I'd put them as the belt loop. I put them through the belt loops of another pair of jeans <laughs> and they'd be my belt for my jeans. But anyway, on February 9th, 1993, just minutes after getting off the phone with her mother, newlywed and mother, Deborah Reese was the victim of a brutal homicide when she was strangled and beaten upwards of 36 times with a tire iron mm. given to her by her husband for protection. She was found in her home in Jacksonville, Arkansas. And less than an hour later, Liddell Lee was arrested after allegedly spending $300 stolen from Reese. Mm. Uh, Lee was charged with first degree murder. He was found less than an hour late, uh, less than an hour after the murder. He was, he was uh, rounded up, arrested, and he was charged with first degree murder, which is a capital offense. After being charged in the murder of, of Deborah Reese, Lee became a suspect in other crimes. He was accused of three sexual assaults and convicted of two. The 1991 rape of a Jacksonville, Arkansas woman and the 1990 rape of a Jacksonville teenager. His semen was found on the woman's, on the woman's jeans and on the, on the teenager's body. He was convicted on one rape charge before the, trial, before the murder trial, but all three rape cases were disclosed during the sentencing part of the Reese case trial. So basically, they painted this picture that he's this brutal animal who rapes women. I mean, listen, the guy was found guilty of two rapes, mm. but to bring that up during a separate trial. And basically what I'm saying is the district attorney used it as a weapon. They were like, this guy's guilty of these two rapes or he's being, at least they didn't know yet. He's, he's being uh, charged with these two rapes. So I'm going to use that to be like, this guy's a, they called him a hunter. And this is also, this is also when like super predator became a thing. Like, um, I don't know who, Bill Clinton. Who know? I don't think Bill Clinton might've said it or, Maybe Joe Biden. I don't know. Somebody said during the 1990s when, you know, high crime rates in New York, the super predator thing describing black teenagers became like a term used to describe black teenagers. Mm -hmm. And they described him as that and as a hunter. And he hunts these women and he's dangerous. So they used the two rape charges to like sway the people in the court during the trial for the murder. But they're separate. They didn't have One didn't have anything to do with the others. But... He, did, he was eventually found guilty of those rapes, so he did them, yeah. you know, as, as far as the court's concerned. So I'm not saying, like, those weren't, those didn't happen, and he didn't kill anybody, and this is just some guy who didn't do anything wrong. That's not what I'm saying. It's more, it's not so black and white. Everything has an area of the shade of gray. Mm. You know, shout out to T.I. Oh, no, never mind. What? Not shout out to T.I. at all. T.I. is going through some super crazy shit right now, so never mind. <laughs> never mind. No shout out to T.I. I don't, I don't it, know what's it, going on. What's going on T.I.? Like a sex trafficking kind of thing. Him and his wife, they were like fucking Shit. getting girls and 
making them do shit. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, don't know all the details, and you know, don't not 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 not, not, not allegedly. Allegedly, I don't, that's his lyric. I don't know. <laughs> it has an area the shade of gray. Even if I left the day and stayed away, what's the one? That's the Rihanna song, "Live Your Life." Mm. Anyway, shout out to uh, Rihanna though. Rihanna's doing fine. She's yeah. doing great. Rihanna's great. <laughs> um, Holly Lodge Meyer, the lead prosecutor on all five of Lee's cases, profiled him as like I said, she profiled him as a hunter and everything that I said. According to Deborah Reese's father, Stephen Williams, Deborah got off the phone with her mother after she was spooked when a man she didn't know knocked on her door asking if, if he could borrow tools to fix his car. So like I said earlier, when I first started, she got off the phone with her mom. Her mom was the last person she spoke to, and that's why she got off the phone, because somebody knocked on her door oh, asking okay. for Somebody that she didn't know was asking for help. Later, a shoe print matching a pair of 10 and a half Converse sneakers that Lee owned was found in the bedroom where she was killed. So was a hair strand, but it was not forensically linked to Lee. The state crime laboratory confirmed that Lee's sneakers contained drops of human blood, but the sample was not large enough to test for a match with Reese's DNA at the time, according to the prosecutor. Now, up until his death, uh, Liddell was asking for DNA to be, you know, um, examined, like take it to a lab and, and, and run it. And he was saying, like, this will prove that it wasn't me. If you're saying there's blood on my shoes, there's blood on the crime at the crime scene, there's hair, run these things. Mm-hmm. And everything that they did run wasn't a match for him. They had fingerprints on the scene, they had this hair on the scene, they didn't match. And then she's saying the blood on the shoe was not enough to take to the lab, but I don't know if that part's true, but they're saying but the shoe is the same size, so it's his shoe. That's, you know, so that's that's basically their their logic is like, yeah, there's DNA evidence on the shoe. But we don't have enough for that. But the shoe itself is the same size. So we'll go with that part, but not the other part. So they were really picking and choosing what evidence they wanted to present to the tri- to the um to the jury. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's what the that's what a DA does. I'm gonna I'm gonna show the stuff that works for me. And any of the stuff that doesn't work for me, I'm gonna bury it and get out of get it out of here and, and and not have it show up in during the trial. A second neighbor of Reese's testified that Lee knocked on his door as well asking for tools. The neighbor loaned Lee the tools, which he never recovered, according to Meyer. Meyer went on to posit that Lee knocked on doors to scout whether women were alone. Hmm. From the beginning, Liddell proclaimed his innocence and wrote to everyone who he could think of, beseeching lawyers to come and fight for him. His journey through the legal system consisted of an unbroken chain of drunk, conflicted, and grossly incompetent attorneys. So this guy just... Everybody, he was all public defenders and people who weren't good at their jobs. Somebody who who um was part of his defense got reprimanded for how bad he did on this trial. Like he got in trouble. He was the so lawyer? bad. Yeah, he was so bad at his job that like he got in trouble. Coming fumbling and shit. Over. Yeah, pretty so, much. So when they do that, if they try to lawyers you know, reach out for, law- I'm talking about for him. Oh, if uh-huh. he tries to reach out for these lawyers to come and fight for him, uh-huh. what is the what is the incentive for them to go? Okay, is it just? It being the lawyer? possibly a high, yeah, high, yeah, profile high profile case. case. High profile case. Okay. Or you, they, a, they'll say it out of the, you know, the good of my heart or whatever, but they'll be saying that to like 30 cameras and 40 microphones yeah. and ca- flashing cameras. So, so typically paid? it's a high profile case. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, but really it's like, it's Can like, get um, paid? um, I don't, I think that a public defender gets paid. So, but a lot of times they come and they say, I'm doing it pro bono. Like if you were a, assigned to the case, you get, you get paid. I'm assuming Public defenders get paid shit, though. They get paid nothing. They get paid. 
Oh, shit. I mean, they get paid. They get paid more than the person that works at Burger King gets paid. But like, not they don't get paid what Johnny Cochran was getting paid as yeah. a, you know. So, but he got the leeway to do. So he got the room to go. I'll do this pro bono. He got the. He can do. That's that. what I mean because what my point is that it's almost like a commercial for yourself. Yeah. Like when you do something pro bono, you might not get paid in that moment, but you being able to go on um, speaking tours, write books about the case, more clients, what stuff. more clients when you when you if you beat an unbeatable case. Yeah. Johnny Cochran beat an unbeatable case, <laughs> and I'm sure he was doing well before then. But yeah. then after that, whew, to yeah. the moon. You know, the whole law firm, the whole law firm, yeah, but they yeah. were getting paid to do that as yeah, well. Sure. They weren't doing it pro bono, but if they had done it pro bono and got them off the, the money that they make after that is, it's, it's way above what they got to pay to do that one case. But everybody know who he was. Though. He wasn't doing them pro bono. Oh yeah. For no sure. goddamn yeah. No, OJ Simpson. Simpson. No, no, no. <laughs> pay me. I want all of the money. So yeah, he had this slew of incompetent attorneys. One of them was drunk. Uh, and my and the point is again I don't know whether or not Liddell Lee is guilty, but guilty or innocent, everyone should be afforded a fair chance at defending themselves, because if you don't provide that, then you end up with the America that we current America only in America. You end up with the America that we currently have, which is a legal system that a rich person can beat a case that a poor person can't. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with innocence or guilt. Right. Based on the things that I've read in the Liddell Lee case, if he had money and a proper uh, defense mounted, he could have beat this case. Yeah, which is saying like, if you have money in this country, it is literally the it's it's the difference between life and death. It's literally the difference between life and death in a bunch of circumstances, including the criminal justice system. Mm. Liddell Lee was convicted of first degree murder by the jury and sentenced to death on October sixteenth, nineteen ninety five. No one who represented Liddell Lee looked at the chasm between the state's theory of guilt and the proof presented at the trial. For instance. The crime scene was drenched in blood, but the state's witness who, who put Liddell at the scene said he didn't have any blood on him. Also, we know how unreliable witness testimony is in the first place. So even that already, they're like, it was him, but he didn't have blood, but the crime scene had blood. Maybe we just saw, maybe a black guy just needed help with their car. Like, it's like, it's so up in the air that I, I think that a good defense attorney could pick this whole thing apart, mm -hmm. which is not something that he had. Also, None of the limited forensic evidence tested, like the fingerprint analysis that I mentioned or the hair, matched him. No defense lawyer had ever even hired a psychologist to test Liddell's intellectual disability because, like I said, he was born with fetal alcohol syndrome. If there's like a bar for like mental competency to if you, you can't like a mentally challenged person, you can't execute a mentally challenged person. Mm. So if they don't meet the standard of whatever that is, they're not eligible to be put to death. And they no, no, nobody that was hired to work for him during the years and years that he was fighting and, and appealing hired a psychologist to go, hey, man, this guy, you can't put him to death. Uh, Liddell had also been asking for DNA testing for decades. Like he was mm. like, test the blood on the shoe. Test like test the test the stuff. Yeah. And they just wouldn't. They, they didn't test the stuff. Liddell's relationship with his lawyers broke down over his insistence on defending his innocence. They got his lawyers got tired of him saying like I'm innocent I'm I didn't do this so they basically probably were telling him to take a plea so you know and he's like I'm not taking a plea I didn't do this and they're like oh my god this guy's so difficult yeah I quit like he had lawyers quit on him the judge wrote to the Arkansas Supreme Court and opposed new counsel for Liddell so they were basically the the judge was saying we should not provide this guy new counsel. He should have to defend himself because you know, he's being difficult and no lawyers wants to work with him. You're supposed to be impartial. You're the judge. You're not supposed to have thoughts about 
the person that you're judging. Mm. And this judge went on to be the same judge who presided over Liddell Lee's case. So this guy was already in his mind. He's like, this guy's a piece of shit. He definitely did it. Fuck this guy. We shouldn't even give him a lawyer. And then he went on to be the judge for his trial. Shit. Which is crazy. Like the judge should be impartial and have no horse in the race or thoughts about you. Should just be looking at the facts. But this judge already was like, no, nah, this guy's definitely guilty. And there are rumors, I don't know if they were confirmed or not, that the judge was having an affair with the prosecutor. Which That's is a like bunch of shit going on. Which now. is like you definitely want the prosecutor to win. You know, if y'all are or at least let me, let me let me take that back. Maybe you don't want them to win, but a competent defense lawyer is like this whole trial. This is a mistrial. Yeah. A competent lawyer is like, maybe y'all are just having sex in on. your own personal yeah. time, but this is all mixed up and crazy, and I'm I'm calling for a mistrial. That's just what you would do. That's crazy. He was just wasn't having any luck with that shit. At all. Well, that's, what, have, that's what you just give up. That's what I like. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, it's this is look, you're like, you're like, your 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 defense lawyer is like, hey, your honor. I say that, you know, if you if you think if you think that if he's if he's guilty, then you know, then it's just like it's just not Can't fair. be arrested for that? Huh? Can't be arrested for that. <laughs> Should be not if everybody wants the guy to not if everybody wants the guy to die. The judge, if the judge is like, yeah, I want this guy to die. Be drunk. I don't give a do bad. I don't care. Wow. So, but the whole thing is, he's saying he's innocent. He didn't do it. Yes. But they don't have any anybody else in questioning and nothing like that. No, they since they like another suspect. Yeah, since they didn't run evidence, all they have is just him. Yeah. That's and they have blood. They have other things that maybe you you at least. Exhaust all the effort. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, what happens, first of all, this took decades. Mm -hmm. This happened in 1993. He was executed in 2017. Mm -hmm. So her son was seven years old when she was murdered. So this guy grows up hearing that Liddell Lee killed his mom. They're not looking for any other suspect. So when, by the time it's time to execute him, this kid, this man, is not trying to hear anything about the Innocence Project or this. maybe this guy didn't do it. Liddell Lee is the boogeyman. Yeah. And because you guys never tried to find another suspect and 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 really just close the book. Maybe Liddell Lee's a big liar. But why not test the blood, see what it comes back as? And if there is another person that comes up, at the very least, there's another person who was there who was involved that maybe Liddell Lee is protecting or something mm. that's still out there and got away with killing this kid's mom. That could bring that could open up a whole another can of worms, though. If it's been that long, how long ago was that? 1993 to 2017. Okay. Uh, so about like 20, 24 years. So if they did that, now I'm not saying that, you know, he should have been killed or whatever. Sure. So they shouldn't have tested DNA evidence. I'm saying that if they were to do that, so say if the son was like, I want you guys to test the DNA. I want they might her son? It. Her son. What if he went on and said that? Okay. He could and, and they and they did that and they go, he's innocent. Then the person they they go to you know they 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 go okay then it's somebody else sure they got do every they got to investigate all over again sure then you got to do it on evidence that's twenty years old yeah and then the person might not even be alive anymore and it's like and then and then the son could go I don't even you got nothing where's the closure I don't have but in your scenario what it sounds like I know it's not what you, what you're meaning to sound for it to sound like in your scenario it's like if I'm the son. Just fucking kill just, him, cause just that's, get, that's but that is that is that is that kid's meant. That is the yeah, if man. He grew, he's if a it man when he was eight, and he grew up, and yeah, like you say, he's, the he's like, like, no, kill like, him. Yeah, I yeah. don't want y'all to test that. Yeah, no, this he him. did it. 
Yeah. He did it. And that's the guy's mentality. Right. Yeah. So, but that doesn't, that's not right. Yeah. Because you sure. should want to, that's not justice. If you, do, if you don't, if you don't rule out all the possible suspects and all the possible scenarios, then it's possible that the person that killed your mother and not to drag this guy into it and make him out like he's a bad guy or whatever, but in all case, we've done so many cases yeah. or even just read stories about, um, the, um, the innocence project overturning convictions. And mm-hmm. then the family's like, we know that that was him. So we don't really, that's you guys freed a guilty man. That's a monster. They're okay. not trying to hear that you, the DNA or whatever. They're like, no, I believe this for 20 years mm-hmm. that that guy killed my family member. Yeah. So you're not going to tell me it wasn't them. I get that. So, but, but you have to be in the shoes of this, this, this guy now, but as a kid, you have to, you, you go, well, you know, what would you, how would you play this out? How would you sure. take this? You would go, I want him. That's, that's all you know. Absolutely. That's all you know. But then at the well, he, same, got, he got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. Yeah, true. But I'm saying that if I don't, I don't see him or anybody as the family to go, Ex- exhaust all everything that you have yeah. evidence test everything yeah. they're not trying to hear that shit man no. they like put him away they're like we heard enough evidence you proved it to us yeah you proved it to us that it was him so yeah. we're not trying to hear that you know oh we now it wasn't him and we have no suspects so that it might be an open case for another 17 years yeah and now that they have a suspect the who they think did it mm-hmm. you have the judge you have the prosecutors on the family side yeah they have to go and through this whole thing all over they, again yeah, but I'm saying that if if he's like, no, I want him put away. They, they everybody's on his side. Yeah, he's the one that lost a family member. He's grieving or whatever. Everybody, Absolutely. they're not trying to. They're against that guy, so they're like, we got to do everything we need to do to put him away. Yeah, Just for whatever. sure. Yeah, definitely. So. This is what this guy experienced. Yeah. Also, I'll get into some more stuff. There was so much happening within the country that also um, people in the Innocence Project and the ACL, you believe, played a big role in the results of his trial, okay. which I'll get to. A neuropsychologist finally tested Liddell for the first time the week before his execution. What? The, yeah. <laughs> that's that's 27 years, bro. But is, yeah. is that a just... Is, is, so them doing that is just... Well, they, they, what happened was okay. the ACLU and the Innocence Project took the case the up. Case. Oh, so he okay, finally gotcha. had a good defense mounted up uh, for him. Yeah. Well, I thought that it was just like... Let's just see. Let's just see. Let's see what happens. Let's He's, just see. It's already locked in. Yeah. Let's just for, let's the just shit, for shits and gigs. Yeah. Let's just, hey, take this test. No, it did. It only happened because he finally had a a, a competent defense in, in his corner. The results were that Liddell was likely ineligible to be executed because he had significant intellectual deficits and disabilities. So, like I said, you can't execute mentally challenged people. Yeah, it's like the law. So, if this was presented in 1993 or 1995 when he was uh, convicted, they wouldn't have given him the death penalty mm. because they wouldn't have been able to. And then at least, and here's the fucked up part. It was all a matter of what it all boiled down to. Once the innocence project and the ACLU got involved, mm. they just didn't have enough time. It was the year. It was a, it was a week before his execution when they did this test. So you can't, it's too late to overturn. It's gonna, too late to, they, so they started, what they did was they started sending out like motions and claims were filed, requesting more time to fully develop and present evidence that his execution was unconstitutional. They were all dismissed and characterized as run-of-the-mill last-minute stalling tactics. So basically the governor and other people in you know the criminal justice system were like, they're a week out from his execution, and they're just trying to stall. They're just looking for try to buy more time. They don't have anything. This stuff, this evidence, quote-unquote, it's, it's, it's all just it's flim-flam. Mm. The, that's, what, that's what they were, that's what the, the uh, prosecutors were saying. 
Liddell's story was also overshadowed by the fact that Governor Hutchinson, I don't know the, the person's first name, but the governor of Arkansas, had come up with this grand idea to kill eight prisoners in 11 days. Mm -hmm. With four sets of double executions set for the 17th of April, the 20th of April, the 24th, and the 27th of April 2017. Yeah, so he was like, we're going to do all these executions in, in, in 11 days. And this is crazy. Why? Let me tell you why. So check this out. The governor said the highly unusual time frame was necessary in Arkansas because the state's supplies of the sedative uh, midazolam used as the first of three drugs in the cocktail in lethal injections was expiring on April 30th. So they had to use it. And would, and would be hard to replace. What kind of shit is that? So it was basically like uh, an accounting issue. Like they were like, well, this shit's going to go bad soon. The expiration date's coming up. So we're going to kill all these people in like uh, in a row <laughs> before the 30th, before the expiration date. So we're losing money. You basically, you know, in my house, listen, if we forgot it was a jug of milk in the fridge and it expires in three days, mm -hmm. we're not just going to start making milk, milk food. Yeah. To, it, just throw, throw the jug out, man. Yeah. Go get some more milk. It's, it is what it is. You, you you fucked up. Yeah, take the, the L. You took the, take the L. Go get. <laughs> go, you got to go buy some more milk. Yeah, maybe the milk you like is artisanal. You can't get it everywhere. It might be a little more of a hunt, but you got to go just replace the milk. You can't go like we got to just make everything out of milk for the next couple of days. Take so we can, yeah, so we can get it <laughs> before it expires. That I mean, that's the reason that this this governor expedited eight or tried to expedite killing eight people in eleven days, and at least one of the cases, there are people saying. Hey, this guy, we think this guy's innocent. And they're like, nah, well, the, the midazolam expires in 10 days. So he came so. out and told that to the public. Yeah. That's, that's bold. That, he was like, and what do you think, midazolam grows on trees? You take that to the grave, man. Yeah, that's, that's like, you, <laughs> that's, crazy. that's the part you're not supposed to say. That's the part that you write My in goodness. your memoirs and like apologize for in your deathbed. Yeah. I killed all those people because the drugs were going bad. And it's like, beep. Yeah. And he just came out at a press conference in a suit. Like, yeah, uh, like hey, man, this, this this shit is running low, so it's going to expire, so we got to get rid of. Yeah, just line them up. Yeah, just get them. We're gonna do it all. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do a soul train line of uh, of executions all in a row. Yeah, because we got to get we got to get this shit out of here. And My that goodness. and also I don't go into full detail, but that in and of itself was a whole scandal. How does that not cause uproar? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know at all. But it's even just I just explained like a small fraction of that part of the story. Yeah, there's all this stuff about. They bought uh, some other drug in the parking lot. Like, there was all this shady stuff, like, because they ran out of a couple of different drugs, and one of the drugs wasn't approved to, to be used in executions. It was this whole shady thing happening, mm. but they were trying to rush the process for whatever reason, I guess because the midazolam was going bad. So they also replaced some other drugs just to make sure that they got it done when they were trying to get it done. It was a whole fucking mess. Critics and lawyers for the eight, countered that the plan was rushed and could expose the men to the risk of cruel and unusual punishment through botched procedures. So basically what would happen was um, midazolam, its purpose is to put you to sleep. Mm -hmm. So basically the prisoners could potentially be paralyzed, because that's the first step, and then not be put to sleep. And then the third drug is injected, which is what kills you. I think sodium pentothal or I can't, I don't want, I think that is might they be put, true. They get three injections? They get three injections. One is to paralyze you, one puts you to sleep, oh. and one stops your heart. But if the, if the middle one doesn't work, then you're just paralyzed, awake, 
and feeling every second of your death when the third injection comes in. Oh. So what okay. they were saying was, if so this, if, if you so if the first the first one paralyzes first you. one paralyzes you. So if they if if there was no second one, you could still I don't. If there was no second one, you'd be awake. Basically, it's, that's why they're saying it's cruel and unusual because what what basically what they're what basically the idea of the death penalty is at least now before it was like firing squad which is there's some states yeah. trying to re-implement that i think it might have been approved in texas but there you know firing squad um electrocution these are these are gruesome punishments in texas they trying to bring it back firing squad yeah yeah that's where would they do that everything's bigger in texas man um but um my point is the lethal injection idea came about because it's like we're America. We shouldn't be killing people in such terrible ways, but these people still have to die if they do terrible things. So they came up with the idea of lethal injection. We, we, we paralyze you, we put you to sleep and then you just, you know, your heart slowly fades away and you die and it's not painful or whatever. At least that's what they say. We aren't, I'm not, I'm not getting the needle in me. I don't know what it feels like to, to die that way. But the idea is that it's this humane way of just killing a bad person. But if you are paralyzed, not put the sleep part and then, lethally injected with the the poison or toxin or whatever that part is, then you just can't move or say anything. And then you're awake going through this terrible pain and thought, slowly I, dying. I thought it just paralyzes your whole body. That's so what the first still, one does. Yeah, so you could so you wouldn't be able to feel anything, right? That's what no, not numb. Just oh, okay. paralyzed. That's what I'm getting mixed up. Okay, yeah, just right. just paralyzed. Right. So you, can't, you move, can't move, but you still feel everything. I think maybe the second one is that it puts you in such a deep sleep that you can't feel anything. Mm. That's the that's what that one's supposed to do. But that's the one that's about to go bad. So when you paralyze, you can still feel pain. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sorry. We're not paralyzed like nerve paralyzed. Oh, okay. But like, if you're paralyzed in the sense that you your body is 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 in a state of paralysis, like you know, uh, if a bug with if venom injects a bug or bites an animal or something, and yeah. they become paralyzed, they still feel they that still they're wait. dying, yeah, 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 but they just yeah, yeah. can't move. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. The day before his execution, an interview Liddell did with the BBC network was released. In the interview, he said, my dying words will always be as it has been. I am an innocent man. Liddell Lee was put to death on April 20th, 2017. And my whole thing is, again, I don't know whether Liddell Lee was innocent or guilty. But when I get to the part that I'm about to get to about the new revelation that's happened over the last couple of days. If there was another person involved. Or if it just was him. Why keep the act up for 27 years? Yeah. That's that's my whole thing. He went through incompetent lawyers. Do you think this guy just, you think this guy for 27 years was like, if I just get the right lawyer, I'm going to beat this shit. And I did it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that's where my brain goes. But I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know whether this guy's innocent or guilty. But what I do know, before I get to what I said, like I said, the most recent update. What I do know is, if this guy had a competent defense, he probably would have beat this. Yeah. At the very least, he'd just be doing life in prison. At the very least, the death penalty would have been taken off the table. And that is a massive indictment on the criminal justice system and capital punishment in this country. My, my, my theory is that there's a second guy. Mm. I don't, my, my theory is that it's, I think that maybe he was there, but there, he didn't kill her. But my whole again that goes back to what I said, which is like, well, that, why right? wouldn't he just say that? Yeah. Why wouldn't why would he be protecting this person twenty seven years later? The, she was bludgeoned with a a tire hammer mm. thirty six times. There was blood all over the crime scene, and he didn't have any blood on him. He was picked up an hour later. He didn't have any blood on him. 
So how? Yeah. You know? So again, it's like beyond a reasonable doubt, I can't say this guy definitely killed this person. And that's the, that's the job of a court trial. And I think a competent lawyer, a competent defense lawyer would have been able to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, you can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this guy did it. So he's innocent. Yeah. That's how court works. But it only works that way if you have the money to mount a proper defense. Four years after the execution of Liddell Lee, lawyers affiliated with the Innocence Project and the ACLU say DNA testing has revealed that genetic material on the murder weapon, which was never previously tested, in fact belongs to another man. In a highly unusual development for a case in which a person has already been convicted and executed, the new genetic profile has been uploaded to a national criminal database in an attempt to identify the mystery man. The Innocence Project and the ACLU have pushed for additional DNA testing at previous times, including the eve of Mr. Lee's execution. The request was denied. A federal judge rejected Mr. Lee's request for a stay of execution, saying that he had simply delayed too long. So they're like, man, listen, you keep trying to live, and this is holding all this shit up, so that's the lat. We're not listening to you anymore. The same way the lawyers were like, I'm tired of you trying to say you're innocent. I quit. You yeah. know what I mean? What a crazy thing to say. Like, this dude simply is just, he's delaying this. It's like, yeah, I don't want to die. Yeah. But they're not trying to hear that, man. In a statement, lawyers from the ACLU and the Innocence Project were cautious about stating what exactly could be extrapolated from the newly tested DNA from a shirt and from the murder weapon beyond the fact that both samples appeared to belong to the same man. And that man was not Liddell Lee. So again, they didn't want to say he didn't do anything. He wasn't there. He whatever he didn't. They didn't want to say that. All they said was we got blood on a shirt. We got blood on a, a weapon. The blood on both of those things don't belong to Deborah Reese. They belong to a, a different person. And that person is not Liddell Lee. That's what they've come out and said so far. Yeah. So again, that doesn't tell me when you ask about the alibi. I don't know if they're saying, I don't know if this is a situation where it's like Liddell Lee was 60 miles away at home sleeping in his bed when this happened. Mm. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if Liddell Lee just wasn't doing anything, but they finally tested the blood. The blood flagged another, a person and that person that it flagged was not Liddell Lee. So at the very least, Liddell Lee, this could be a situation like making a murderer mm. where um, Brendan Dassey is a little slow, but they they definitely killed that woman. And the uncle, uh, I can't even remember that dude's name right now, so it's been so long. The main guy involved in making a murderer mm. is like the ringleader, and Brendan Dassey is his accomplice. Mm. This could be a situation where maybe Liddell Lee was an accomplice to somebody who he trusted or told him we're going to go rob this house or something like that. Again, I don't know. That's me speculating wildly. I don't know if that's true. My whole point is there's a third person apparently that's been flagged from testing the DNA on these weapons or on this weapon and on this shirt. And that third person is a mystery person, but it's not Liddell Lee. So they don't know who it is. They don't know who it is. They've put it into the federal database. So if somebody gets DNA ran and they identify that person, it'll go and get um, compared to the DNA from that crime scene. So it's to be, uh, to be decided. 
According to the Innocence Project, no physical evidence was ever produced that connected Mr. Lee to Miss Reese's murder. In a summary of the case, the group also outlined obstacles that Mr. Lee faced over the years, including a lawyer who was stumbling drunk and unprepared at court hearings, unreliable neighborhood eyewitnesses, and conflicts of interest for key players in the trial. All things that I mentioned, the affair, unreliable eyewitnesses, and a fucking a noticeably drunk attorney. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lee's first trial resulted in a hung jury. His second murder trial began on October 10th, 1995. Seven days just after what, Fran? What trial? 1995? Yeah. What, the OJ trial? Exactly. <clears throat> His trial took place just seven days after the OJ Simpson trial in which he was, he was acquitted of killing Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. And if you remember, Fran, there's this really crazy compilation of they played the trial at in Times Square. They like everybody was everybody was filming because they knew it was a big deal that day. There was a lot of people filming all around the country. Mm-hmm. And you could see black people in black neighborhoods were throwing sh- Yeah, we did yeah. it. And then <laughs> white people were like, no. Yeah. God no. Like it was like this the this this parallel of emotions. Mm-hmm. That's where the country was. Um, racially split. Yeah. White people were like this guy fucking killed these people and they yeah. just got away with it. And black people were like, yeah, fucking Rodney King, a whole bunch of shit that had nothing to do with OJ Simpson. Yeah. But like, we got one. That was the thing. But OJ Simpson fucking killed those people. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> but at the time it was like a black man, the, he beat the system. Like that was the emotion. Like finally uh, uh, we, we won one, but it was the wrong, it was the wrong one. To yeah. Then he gonna come out on his <laughs> deathbed and say he did it. He already. I think did, he already you know, did. He already did, yeah, bro. Listen, yeah. I don't know if he people got like know books this. and shit, right? I don't know if people know this. This is the funny. It's not funny, but it is. It, it is. He was but in he had financial to come all up like straight. For, was like I did it. No, he was in. Yeah, he played he, around he, he with. Was, it. He was in financial trouble, and in order to pay Ron Go- Ron Goldman's family, mm. he did a book called "If I Did It," mm. and he did an interview where he's the lady's asking him like, "Did you do this?" And he's like. Well, I mean, listen, let's just say, you know, a friend, I have a friend and this friend had a knife and he goes in this roundabout thing. But at one point in that interview, he says, I, mm-hmm. and it's just a split second where you, where you, if you catch it or you don't, but it's like, he was doing this hypothetical thing mm-hmm. and he was talking about this friend and all this shit. And then it, for one second, he fucked up and it's like, no, nah, I motherfucker did that. That was the moment I knew when I saw this was obviously years later after this whole thing had happened, the interview, this interview, I'm an adult now. Mm. But after I would look back and I saw that, I was like, motherfucker did that. Yeah. And also the, uh, all the other evidence that it is that he did it as well. But my point is that's where this, that's where the world was racially divided. This black dude killed these two white people. He got away with it. It's fucking crazy. Now Liddell Lee's on trial and he has to find a fair jury in a, in a, in that climate. I don't know. Maybe the O.J. Simpson trial affected the way people see race and uh, the, this murder trial, and they they're expected to be impartial about this Liddell Lee trial. And maybe it maybe they weren't. That's what the Innocence Project is posing. But maybe they maybe that has nothing to do with it. But it is a thought. Yeah, it's for sure a thought. Ten days after the O.J. trial, and then you go watch that video of fucking people in Times Square being like, "No, fucking tensions were pretty high." Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Leslie Rutledge, the Arkansas attorney general said on this past Thursday, 
that she was not swayed by the new developments, which is, of course, that's what she's going to say, because they're going to they're going to stick by each other because they're not going to admit to being wrong. Mm. What 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 attorney general or district district attorney or anything who would do that? Admit that they got one wrong. Mm. They're, they you know they're going to fight that until it's like they get the most blatant, obvious evidence possible, like an, of the actual suspect. Until that happens, they're just going to say, yeah, that, yeah, we didn't test the evidence. That proves nothing. He was there. He did it. Yeah. That's what they're going to say until irrefutable evidence comes to their face. Anyway, just to wrap things up, the ghost of Liddell Lee has cast a spotlight on the criminal justice system and capital punishment and has re-sparked the age-old debate on whether or not an eye for an eye has any place in a civilized society. And if you believe that it does, how many innocent people are you comfortable with being murdered in the name of vengeance. So like I said, that was the story of Liddell Lee, a very complicated one. Like I said, this is a lot of, there's a lot of gray in this case. I don't, I'm not saying that Liddell Lee didn't do anything wrong and, and you know, whatever, but he didn't get a fair trial and there's a new suspect Mm -hmm. and Liddell Lee's dead. So if he is innocent, He'll never be truly exonerated. Yeah. Because he's dead. So abolish the death penalty. I'm, you know, here's another example of that. You know, a new suspect has entered the chat. And Liddell Lee's dead. Yeah. So no matter his no matter what his past was or the things that he was convicted of during the trial, everybody deserves a fair trial. Period. A fair trial should not be dependent upon your bank account. And this is just an, one example of many in which that was the case. So, you know, as a country, we got to do better. Anyway, yeah, that was my affirmative murder, the case of Liddell Lee. Fran, are you ready to get into some good vibes? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Brian, why don't you kick things off, man? Yeah, so my good vibe this week. Um, now, <laughs> the, the good vibe segment. Oh, I want to give you my opinions, right? Okay. So I'm I like I, I love the the good vibe segment, right? Yes, you've made that clear. Yes, but some of the shit I find it's like I want to go, I want to do a good vibe, but some of the shit I go, I gotta, I gotta bring this up because it's like it's either terrifying, yeah, or it's crazy, funny, yeah, or it's just like. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like giving money back when you find the thirty grand thirty thousand dollars in some pants. Yeah. Is it good vibe in that? Yes. Of sure. Course. If you look at it that way. Yeah. It's, per- <laughs> right. it's about perception. Exactly. This good vibe is about mm-hmm. NASA's NASA's mm-hmm. uh, Perseverance rover touched down on Mars two months ago. Yeah, yeah. It did so with a helicopter attached to its belly. Now the ingenuity Mars helicopter has made history as the first to take a powered, controlled flight on another planet. So they brought a helicopter with them. Yes. See that when my mind. On April nineteenth, the chopper rose three meters above the floor of the of of a crater, stayed afloat in the red in the red planet's extremely thin red air for thirty nine seconds, then came down for a pinpoint landing. And its takeoff spot. Uh-huh. Okay. The four-pound rotorcraft is being used as a demonstration to help determine whether future explorations mm-hmm. or 
in bold letters, explorations. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> on Mars could include an, an aerial perspective. Mm -hmm. That means lots more flying tests yep. for this helicopter. Mm -hmm. On Friday, Ingenuity ascended to five meters, then was pushed to new limits, flying south for 84 meters, passing over rocks and small craters, and taking photos the whole way. Uh-huh. That scares me. Yeah. Oh, they're leaving us here. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to leave us here. Elon Musk and all those rich people. Shit is wild, Bill Gates man. just got divorced from his wife, so he's going to take a whole bunch of single girls with him on the thing. They are leaving us here. My first thought was that <laughs> they took that there for somebody. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, it's already somebody there. He's like, yeah, I need a chopper, man. I can't get to the, the uh, Mars base it's on like the a mini side. It's like a mini helicopter. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. We said helicopter. I'm thinking no, like the, the, the news chopper. <laughs> You know, uh, like I said, I want this to be good vibes. But sure. No, they're going to leave us here. Hearing shit like this is That's like... cool exploration and stuff, but like this planet is going to die at some point and they're going to leave us here. Because <laughs> at first it's like maybe like 20, 30 years ago, they, you know, they had come up with a, some type of experiment where they just, they had like a small camera and they threw it, mm -hmm. fucking shot it out of a cannon or something so it could land uh -huh. on there and they can just do whatever. Yeah. No, they got, they got shit flying and shit mm -hmm. going over there. It's like, man, I don't know. They going to have suits soon. You can fucking survive. I don't oh, even yeah. know, man. Yeah. That shit is crazy. They've, and been, the, they've been batting around the idea of of flying some nuclear weapons up there because they think that if they drop some nuclear bombs, that'll unleash the water beneath the surface because Mars doesn't have water on the surface. Yeah. And they're thinking about, this is how fucking toxic and terrible human beings are. They're thinking about taking nuclear weapons to another planet and destroying that yeah. in, the, in the hopes to make it more fittable, suitable for us. That's to goal. leave? I don't yeah, wanna, but some what, of us. But I don't. But I don't stand. Like, what's the? I don't. I just don't get it. Why leave? Just, just leave into a whole new planet and trying yeah, to rebuild this everything. Planet is dirty and disgusting and ruined. So, so we got to move now. So, so oh, we, we already. So we we're already prepare, gone. We but once this, once this dies, we got to prepare to move. All the people with the money and everything, so I can send my ancestors, my, my descendants, and everything. We can get them there, so they can set up capitalism and everything on that planet, so they can be the people in charge there. Yeah. Instead of we all get there and it's like, we're all communists, man. We just all want to be like, no, no. We want to make sure we get it all set up so that it's like, this this is Gates. This is Gatesium. Yeah. Or this is Elon Muskium. This is not Mars anymore. My people founded this planet. Yeah. So you have to follow our rules here. Yeah. Yeah. So the pictures that you see is like, it's like you can just drop somebody there and it's just a, it's like here, but. But red. It's just nothing mm -hmm. else there. It's just. It's yeah. still a sky. Yeah, sure. <laughs> still land. You yeah. can just walk. You can just go there and just walk. It's Looks like Arizona. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the desert. It's like yeah. a fucking desert. Uh -huh. And that shit is wild, man. I just don't. Like I said, I want this to be good vibes, but that yeah. shit like that, man. It's just gonna like, look like Vegas soon. Vegas used to look like a desert too. It's like seeing. It's like I got some work I gotta do. Yeah, it'll be so a, I can yeah. so I can send my fucking yeah, kids, got, kids, got kids. A lot, kids. A lot of work. I gotta I gotta I gotta get them there. It's gonna be a fat burger on there soon. Get all kind of stuff. Yeah. Shout yeah, but that's that's hey, my. I just saying. I just think that's creepy, man. It's just shout that's scary. Oh yeah, bro, this shit is a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my good vibe story is uh, a little of this world. We'll mm -hmm. say um, it's a story about a lady who was apparently she was she was unaware that she was pregnant, which is I don't even I can't even fathom that. But she was unaware that she was pregnant and she went into labor on a flight. I heard that before. We know oh. somebody that happened to somebody that they didn't know they were pregnant or yeah. they got pregnant. They had they didn't know. Oh, I. I'll tell you know? I, yeah, okay, okay, cool. You. Okay, cool. Uh, some uh, some planes land late and others make it on time. But a recent flight from Salt Lake Salt Lake City to Honolulu 
is giving a whole new meaning to the term early arrival. Nice. When the plane took off, Lavania Lavi Munga was headed for a family vacation, but unbeknownst to even herself, that family was about to get one bouncing baby boy bigger. The soon-to-be mom had no idea she was already 29 weeks along. She said, I just didn't know I was pregnant. And then Raymond, the baby, <laughs> that's funny. That's a, that's a very, like, a, an adult name for yeah. a baby. Raymond. That's one of those names where it's, it's like, like... a baby named Bruce. Yeah. Raymond is, it's, Raymond is one of, like, Roger, my uh, dad's name. Yeah. It's just, like, one of those names where it's like, were you born an yeah, adult? It's like, it's like a baby <laughs> named that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, this is... <laughs> this is my baby, Ruth. And you're like, what? <laughs> Call her something else. Put a Y, Ruthie, or so. I don't know. The name has to age well. Like, yeah, it has yeah, to yeah. work when they're babies. And well, age is great. Like, yeah, when, yeah, you are, when you're but 50, it has to work when, it, when you're a baby. It's like, it's like what? Raymond. Baby Ray. That doesn't, that's, like a, that's like a 40-year-old hillbilly. Ray. Oh, anyway, baby Raymond, he just came out of nowhere, according to Munga. Uh, halfway through the fateful trip, the crew had, had to make a, an announcement seeking out medical personnel to help with the emergency. Serendipitously, the passenger manifest included not only Hawaii's, uh, Hawaii Pacific Health physician, Dr. Dale Glenn, but a trio of ne- uh, neonatal nurses oh, named uh, Lanny Bamfield, Amanda Beating, and Mimi Ho, who all work at Missouri's North Kansas City Hospital. I guess maybe they were going on vacation or maybe yeah. they were, I don't know. Uh, probably not. They, I don't know if they, it had, they had to be on like some kind of medical all together. As, yeah. As like a, idea. like a conference. Or that'd something. be crazy. Yeah. Like we all just coincidentally yeah. work at the same hospital. That'd be cool though. Like superheroes to just team up. Hell yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool as hell. That's crazy. But I think they, they had to be going like yeah. on a, you know, like a medical conference to Hawaii or something, uh, without proper neonatal equipment, Dr. Glenn and the nurses had to come up with some creative solutions to keep baby Raymond stable for the remainder of the three hour flight. Hmm. Thanks to a mixture of wilderness training and ingenuity involving shoelaces, microwaved warming bottles, and an Apple Watch heartbeat monitor, the newborn wow. made it to Hawaii in good form. Uh, uh, Dr. Glenn was quoted as saying, I don't know how a patient gets so lucky to have three neonatal in- intensive care nurses on board the same flight when she is in emergency labor, but that was the situation we were in. Uh, the great thing about this was the teamwork. Everybody jumped in together and everybody helped out. Passenger Julia Hansen captured the blessed event for, for posterity with a TikTok video that includes a Jesus. rousing round of applause for mom, baby, and her medical guardian angels and has been seen more than 15 million times by viewers around the world. If I was the mom, I'd be like, um, I don't give you permission to, yeah. to, to get clout off of my pregnancy. <laughs> If anything, give me the video. I'll make a TikTok, and me and Raymond can get some 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 streams or whatever. But That's crazy how the news is like, it's like second hand. Yes, like news gets after social media gets older. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, today uh, a really beautiful moment happened on TikTok. Yeah, you know, like that's the that's the source for the news. <laughs> it's TikTok. When the plane touched down, it was met on the tarmac by a medical response team who whisked the mother and son to Capi Olani Medical Center. For women and children. Uh, as a preemie, Raymond was placed in their neonatal int- intensive care unit where it's reported he's doing just fine. Since his birth was unexpected, in lieu of a baby shower, Munga's sisters have set up a GoFundMe campaign to help with the expenses of their ne- of their nephew's unticketed 
entrance into the world. Now you gotta stay there for a while, right? Yeah, especially with COVID and everything. I don't know. It's pretty complicated. But anyway, uh, the GoFundMe is up to $13,000. Their goal is $20,000. We know how expensive it can be to take care of a baby, especially when you weren't prepared for anything. No cribs or stuff like that. So uh, the GoFundMe is La- uh, Lavi's Airborne. L-A-V-I apostrophe S Airborne Baby. So get on over to there and, you know, donate what you got, man. Let's help, let's help make sure that for her and Raymond to, you know, Get, have everything that they need. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a very beautiful story and an unexpected one. And I can't wait till we finish, wrap, we wrap this up so I can find out who the hell we know that didn't know they was pregnant. I didn't oh. know we knew anybody. That, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that I was, that was something I was so close to. Yeah. Anyway, before we get out of here, um, podcast suggestions, TV show suggestions. Do I have any of those? Um, well, I just started chasing Cosby. Okay. The um, actually, I think I finished it. I might have one more left. Okay. <sighs> yeah, man. It's a nasty man, man. I was like, it's like I knew, I knew. You know, you hear the stories, but then when you hear the tactics and That's stuff, what I was that saying. Was, yeah, you like when you hear about the find out the, like his technique and things that he was doing to yeah. like get ingratiated into their family and stuff. It was just, it was really sick. Like, hey, am I being recorded? No. Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, well, look. Listen, I'll send it to college. I was, I was like, oh, I was like my, this look at is this nasty. Guy. Like, it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very. Jesus. Uh, yeah, he's just, that's that's a nasty guy, man. Um, but uh, other than chasing Cosby, I'm still watching Exterminate All Brutes on HBO. I'm, I'm very, very much a proponent of HBO Max these days, man. They got a lot of good shit on there. Like I they said, got too much good shit on it for me. Yes, you never you'll never be able to watch all the stuff, but it's there's never there's, <laughs> there's never a such thing as too much good stuff. Yeah, it's always good. I'm always a fan of good stuff. So you gotta you're not gonna be able to catch everything, but you know to add it to your list. Yeah. So I've been watching Mayor of Easton. That's me and Sierra's new show. That's what we watch together. So maybe okay. we'll watch one after we finish recording. That's me and her like to, her to me and hers together show. Mm-hmm. Kate Winslet, great cast. It's true crime, but also kind of like shameless. It's this weird combination of like shameless and true detective or something it's, just, it's crazy um been, really been enjoying that anyway um but other than that i don't really have anything else like i said chasing cosby has been preoccupying my time when i'm not home yeah and mayor of easton and exterminate all brutes and um i watched them i finished invincible that cartoon on amazon prime that was good um yeah um some good stuff man mayor of easton though is really good i, I think you know we're a true crime podcast i think people really enjoy that show highly recommend mayor of easton you'll never watch it obviously but that's fine no <laughs> anything you have been watching for uh you have before watching? i get to the recommendations just want to uh give a shout out to to you for holding the podcast down for this episode oh because yeah, my no, story yeah. i i've done this st- I, I i i guess i did the story a, a year ago yeah but i did it in a different way that was probably better than the last time i did it yes which didn't re- the the stuff I had didn't remind me of the story until right. you brought it. Up. I was like, God damn it! But next week I, I, I I'm gonna bring it next week. But anywho, as far as recommendations, um, I forgot the damn title of the show it, uh, with uh, Forrest Whitaker's in it. It's called um, oh, the, uh, Godfather of Harlem. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even started that. Is oh, it I good? started watching that. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, one, one episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to watch that too because I like Forrest Whitaker. Um, he's a good actor, so I've been meaning to watch that. But I, Snowfall just, I was like, I can't do two. Snowfalls. If yeah. they felt like yeah. the same kind of thing, and I was like, I'm, in, I'm. But that's sh- but that show is it's, it's one of them shows where I, I gotta I gotta do my research. I gotta go. Who is who guy? is this guy? Oh boom. yeah, yeah. Michael Max pops up and it's like, oh yeah. No, I sound more. I'm I'm more ahead of one. It's not Nikki Barnes, right? Who is he? Who is he? Frank Lucas. Who is he? Who Frank? Who the Godfather of Harlem? Who is who is? Um, who I can't remember his name. Whoever he is, like they were 
doing big things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was like that's Malcolm why I was X thinking was Frank Lucas. Like, oh, Malcolm X. Yeah, all oh, those other people. I was like, I go, I got. Then I gotta go. My dad, Marie, I gotta go. Who is this? Yeah, and pop up and go. Oh, this is this person. Got oh, okay. it. Okay, I don't so think I, it's Frank I like Lucas. that. Look, I don't think it's Frank Lucas. No, I don't think it is. Either. It might be the guy who Frank Lucas apprenticed. Because there's a guy he talks about in American Gangster, which is a very underrated gangster movie. Denzel Washington's character, Frank Lucas, character, he's a real person. Frank Lucas like came up under a guy, mm-hmm. and I think he might have came up under. This guy who's the godfather of Harlem. I think, but I can't remember. Anyway, uh, what I was about to say was, when you bring up what happened in this episode. You talking about who was Forrest Whitaker plays? Yeah. Bumpy Johnson. Bumpy Johnson. Yeah. That's who yep. That's who Frank Bumpy Lucas, yeah, yeah, Frank yeah. Lucas came yep. up under Bumpy Johnson. Yep. Um, but anyway, what I was what I was saying was, you know, in response to what you said about this episode, you actually bring up a very good point, which is something that we we'll talk about off air more. Um, um, there was a discussion on Twitter about people wa- uh, listening to first episodes of the podcast. Of mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the Vanishing is a very popular podcast, and they put up a somebody emailed them like, I listened to the first episode of this podcast, and it was dog shit. I yeah. hated it. Da, 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 this whole thing, and it was they're like, people gotta be assholes though. They don't have to. You don't have Jesus to be rude. Christ. Also, it's like listen to the most new one. You you see that it's episode <laughs> six hundred and forty seven is out, right? Why well, go to episode one? And it's fine to judge it, but like to go and write something, yeah. When you know there's a, a one, you know that was from seven years ago. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, uh, uh, res- uh, somebody responded who was from another popular podcast. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember right now. They said they went back and redid old episodes and you know, called it like a remastered episode. When you brought the, you saying that, I was thinking about earlier today. I was like, I wanted to go. I kind of wanted to do um, my story of one, the, my favorite story, which yeah. was. Uh, Harrison Graham. Harrison Graham. Yeah, I want. I was thinking about redoing that, but I wanted to run to buy you first before I because I was thinking about that the other we day. We should just like, go back. We, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that would take because yeah, yeah. the way I'm picturing it is we go back, we record, basically we just do the episode. Yeah, or we just do the story. story yeah. and keep the banter in, and then I can just edit in like with some like, hey guys, so you know this is a remastered episode, and this is we did we did this story again. Yeah, I did Michelle Blair again, but we keep all the raw fun inside jokes from earlier yeah, but then yeah. at the parts where we take a break we just come in with a better version of the story that we yeah. told with new research and yeah. whatever so you know maybe, I, maybe did a lot, I, I did a lot of work on my story this week that's why I was gonna say I was like god cause I I've, I know for a fact that the way I did it this week was better than the last time that I did it for so sure. that's why that's why I didn't I didn't remember all the details and how they, I did it because I was tell like them god damn it yeah well that's something maybe that's something, maybe that's something we'll consider <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that, that, yeah, that maybe that'll be something we go back and do I think yeah. that'll be a fun way to you know, give some people give people some new content, revamp things, and also for I think that if we did that, it would take time. Obviously, it would be a lot of episodes. But if we did that, it would be kind of this thing where it would be confronting a lot of insecurities that I have about the podcast because the equipment sucked and we were kind of finding our legs. If we go back and kind of put our now twenty twenty one energy into yeah. some old stuff, I think I'd feel better about those old those old episodes. Yeah. So maybe that's something we'll do. Let us know what you guys think. Maybe you know, uh, comment on the Facebook group, send us some tweets, email us, let us know if you think that would be a cool idea. Anyway, uh this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime Francel Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 